Happy New Year and welcome to the brand new internal series Inside AM, where we take you behind the scenes of our fast-paced jewellery brand, exploring what our teams get up to across all different levels from junior to head of departments and everything in between. Stay tuned for career-focused tips, role-specific knowledge, the team's personal failures in their career development and the advice to succeed your dream job aspirations and more. I'm your host, Alexia Aronson, Director of People and Culture here at Astrid and Miu, where my job is to make sure we bring out the best in all our teams so that they can truly flourish in their roles and their wider lives. Let's get into it. This is a virtual recording, so please excuse the sound quality. Hi, everyone, and Happy New Year. Um, so today we are joined by three members of our finance team. Um, Ellie, our head of finance, Amit, a financial planning and analysis manager, and Parisha, our junior finance associate. Um, sure, so should we get right into it? And um, if each of you want to introduce yourself by talking us through um, your journey so far. And Ellie, would you like to get started? So yeah, hi, I'm Ellie. I'm a head of finance at Ashley Um, So I got into finance in um a fairly untraditional way I would say um so I actually studied English language and literature at you which is not your normal finance start um and I started working just as like an admin assistant whilst I figured out what on earth I was going to do with my life um at 20 because no one has any idea um and I was lucky enough for our finance director to um like poach me um, and started mentoring me. Um, so within five years of joining that company as an admin assistant, I was their group finance manager, which was quite um, a journey. Um, so with that company, I worked with real estate consultancy and then final, finally was the finance lead on the development of a healthcare app that they developed in-house. Um, and then I just got to the point where my day job was unbearably dry. Um, working in tech was not the most exciting thing not as exciting as it sounds um so I just wanted to do my job but for something a bit more exciting um so that's how I came to work at Ashton Me. um so in my day-to-day I'm lucky enough to lead our amazing finance team um lots of budgeting lots of financial control um but mainly just making sure that our amazing team have got everything they need to um do their jobs and that's me Nice. What an interesting and, um, I guess, organic journey into finance. So do, when you joined Astrid and me, did you join into the head of finance position? Uh, I joined as finance manager um, and then that was in March and then I got promoted to head of finance in December. Nice. Um, Amit, would you like to go next? Yeah, sure. Mine, um, mine is not going to be as interesting as Ellie's. That was a very good description there. So I, um, I was a cricketer before this, uh, before I started in finance. So around 2016, I finished playing cricket and went into uh, the business world. To be honest, I started at a retail company just as a junior finance analyst there and then moved on to another retail company. And then in 2020, I joined... Uh, Astrid in February time, I think, and then as a management accountant. And then since there, yeah, it's been a very good journey so far. So uh, I've got promoted in April to the financial planning and analysis manager, which is my current role here. So yeah, my role really entails um, financial forecasting, uh, analysis, and really looking at predicting the future performance of the company. So in terms of its revenues, costs, and cash flow. Um, yeah, the best parts of the job are probably 
the problem solving and, anal- and analyzing data and finding trends really and trying to contribute to the growth and innovation of the company. And it's just nice when your numbers balance really. So that's what keeps me ticking away. But um, yeah, that's me. You're working towards qualification as well, aren't you, Emmett? Yes, yes. Yeah. So I'm just um, waiting on my final results for the ACCA exams. Yes, yeah, so I've been doing those for coming up to three years now. So yeah, a lot of lot of graft with those and doing it at the same time as working is hard work, but it is very beneficial once you finish them off. Very good feeling, hopefully, hopefully to come. Yeah, I bet. And maybe we'll talk about that um, a little bit later about the qualifications. Um, good luck with that. Thank you. Um, and Farisha? Hi, everyone. Um, so I'm Parisha. I'm the junior finance associate at Astronomy. So, yeah, I'm the youngest mem- member of the team. I joined, I think it was 20 last year, uh, February. So haven't been here too long, uh, but really enjoyed it. So I graduated university in July 2020. And then kind of been looking for some jobs for a while because my previous experience kind of fell through due to COVID. So ended up finding Astronomy. Um, And then previous to that, I've worked at various places in kind of summer internships. I was took a gap year after school. Um, So I worked at Vodafone as an OPEX CAPEX intern. I worked at PwC as an audit associate, Cobalt Music, which was a music label, as a tax assistant, and then also NHS property services as again, an account assistant. So a lot of different things there, but that kind of led me to my position now and what I kind of knew that I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, really enjoying, really, really enjoying my role so far. Um, so currently I, as I said, I'm a junior finance associate. I work mainly with debtors, creditors and cash. So that kind of means like people who owe us and we owe them. So invoicing influencers um, for social content or for example paying invoices um, for stores kind of all the furniture to set up things like that so it ranges day to day to be honest Um, and then also I cover kind of the wholesale and the retail side so wholesale would be kind of invoicing um, the different stockists so for example John Lewis and ASOS and then retail would be kind of doing their end of month expenses and sort of if there's any petty cash or anything like that. So yeah, it really varies day to day. Um, You've had such an interesting journey as well. What did you study at university? Um, So I studied accounting and finance, so kind of expected. Yeah. And did you, are you working towards any qualifications as well? Yeah. So I've been kind of taking a break at the moment. Um, I'm not the most kind of like academic person. I'm also better in like an office environment. So Took a bit of a break and then this year, hopefully starting one of the qualifications. Nice. And what, and I mean, you've had so many different roles. You mentioned PwC, you mentioned the NHS. Some of these are huge corporations and now coming into Astrid and Mew, which would have, still has very much a startup feel. Um, How's that shift been for you? Actually, to be honest, it was um, more of a change than I realised, but I've really enjoyed it. So as you mentioned, I've been more on the corporate side. Um, so very different to how it is now, but I really enjoyed it because it's kind of changed even who I am as a person. It's just allowed me to kind of be myself and, you know, for example, the communication between say me and Ellie, um, kind of such a senior position and mine, such a junior position, 
it's just sort of so easy to reach out any questions, any ideas, which in previous companies I never really had. So that kind of change was quite a big one, but yeah, I've really enjoyed um, kind of making the switch. So just excited to see where it goes, to be honest. Yeah. Nice. Um, all of you have had such interesting journeys into finance and many of you not the not the traditional route, which is so nice to hear. Um, in, in the journeys that you've had so far, have any of you been given career advice that's always stuck with you? Um, and, and do you have any tips for individuals wanting to find their niche within finance? Yeah, I think that one of the best tips that I got coming straight into finance of really not much experience to be honest was when you don't know what you want to do try and attempt as much as you can so especially in the type of business that you look to like gain recruitment into looking at small businesses like I've worked in a really large retail company and then a small to medium size you seem to get a lot more exposure at these small to medium sized firms because you're you're almost participating in every role that there is even if it's in a slight manner but the bigger firms you may only really specify in a certain area so one of the best things i'd say is that really try and branch out and look for roles that incorporate a lot of different sides of finance so from like the transactional side to the commercial side i think that's where you'll learn quickly and gain knowledge on different areas the best yeah that's so true and just get so much more exposure um across the different pillars within finance yeah definitely yeah i was just going to say going off that um something that really helped me was um so at school we never really had kind of an accounting a level but something that i did was kind of proactively seeking out work experiences whether that was a week or a month or a whole summer even if it's something i sort of knew i didn't want to do um but i was still open to it just to kind of see um is this something i want to go into maybe not even just networking with different people that really helped um so i'd really advise even from a young age, just kind of taking all the opportunities, applying for all the different spaces, whether that's like a weekend um, sort of internship or like half a day, just anything really helps. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Someone said to me once, um, it's just about being in the right place at the right time. And I've met so many people over the course of my career that that's been true for, like they've found themselves in a role that they maybe never saw themselves in or weren't necessarily qualified for just because they um, like made a good impression on the right person at the right time and I guess like the more places that you are and the more good impressions that you make the more opportunities there are for that to happen um, so definitely open your mind up I think and just always try to leave everyone with a good impression of you yeah that's so nice to stay open to all the opportunities um, and here at Astrid and Me You one of our core brand values is breaking all boundaries um, and part of that is really celebrating mistakes um, and failing fast and learning quick. What have been your biggest mistakes or failures um, and what did this teach you? How has it shaped you now? I think that there's like I've got countless like situations where I've failed before but I think it's like you said the way you fail as well and there's certain companies that I've worked out, I'm sure Ellie and Parisha have worked out where there's almost a fear of failure in some companies because it's just people come down on you so badly as soon as you make a mistake. So then you're hesitant and you tread on on eggshells every time you do a piece of work. And obviously you have to be meticulous with your work and whatnot in any role, not just finance roles. But I think specifically at Astrid, no one's looking to come down on anyone. It's about getting it right and then progressing from there. So everything's more of a development point. 
So I think that's a real, a really big difference between some of the larger corporations and corporate finance firms compared to Astrid themselves. Yeah. So um, I wouldn't say this is necessarily a failure, but just something I kind of worked through. Um, So I mentioned leaving university, I had sort of something lined up. It was actually abroad and that kind of fell through because of COVID. Um, So that kind of left me unemployed for about, I think it was about six months. So not great, but it was kind of the peak of COVID and kind of getting through that and just making applications and there weren't tons of jobs out there. It was pretty hard to be honest, but after sort of a month or so, it kind of, it pushed me to kind of improve myself. You know, what can I do besides applying for jobs? Um, So for example, like online courses, networking, sending emails, just anything like that um, to just improve myself and improve my chances of getting a job, which obviously ended up with me finding Astro Mute, which was great because I mean, I've been hoarding jewelry for kind of years and years, but I never knew this kind of position was available. Like I never thought about it. So I think if I was giving someone advice as well, I would just mention that although even now, um, considering the circumstances, it's hard to find a job. Something that I didn't do was I didn't compromise. Um, I really just stuck to what I wanted to do and what I was looking for. Um, So, yeah. That's interesting. How do you, I guess that takes patience, doesn't it? And really believing in yourself as well, especially when you're young, that can, that can be quite a challenge um, when you're getting a lot of no's from businesses. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of ups and downs, um, particularly because I had a lot of experience and I knew I could sort of get a great position, um, but the opportunity wasn't out there. So yeah, it taught me a lot about myself and obviously how to approach businesses. Um, But yeah, really great upside to something that wasn't so kind of expected. Yeah, absolutely. I think my biggest failure is quite similar to Parisha's actually. Um, I graduated during a recession as well. Um, and I think I just had this idea in my head of what my life was going to be like at 21. Um, and it wasn't, and it took me a really long time to come to terms with that, I think. Um, so I would say that's probably... Yeah, I think that's my biggest failure. And the thing I learned from it was, was I think I expected to graduate and get this amazing job immediately. And it felt like that's what was happening to everyone else. I'm sure that everyone can relate to that. Like, especially when you're at that age, you feel like everyone else knows exactly what what they're doing. And you and someone like no one told you what you're supposed to do. Like you missed the instructions. Um, And I had this idea of what I was going to do. And I ended up doing something completely different that I never would have considered. So. I guess, yeah, what I learned was not to be too close-minded to things and you can do things that are different to what you might necessarily think you're good at. And if you push yourself out of your comfort zone, um, you could end up somewhere completely different than you ever thought you would. Um, But also no one else really knows what they're doing either, especially at that age. (laughs) That is so true. And um, yeah, I 100% agree. The more specific your plans are, um, the world and the universe has a funny way of just making sure that it has different plans for you. (laughs) And just moving on, I guess, we hear a lot, um, especially from marketing, for example, about how much technology is changing industries and shaping business functions. Um, Do you feel like this is true for finance as well? I think it's different. I think with marketing and things like that, it almost changes the nature of what you do. Whereas I think with finance, it 
just gives us better tools to do what we do. Yeah, I agree as well. Yeah, I think it's like it gives us platforms to work off rather than like comparing it to marketing where it gives you more global exposure. I think that it probably makes our processes more efficient. Yeah, I think something that people get a bit scared of with technology and finance is that it's going to mean that we need to get rid of people. But I, I just don't see, I don't see that. I don't, um, I don't think that's true. I think a lot of people hear about tasks being automated and things, especially within a function like finance. Um, if anything, it's the opposite. Like once you can, there are things that ten years ago, you didn't have the technology to be able to do. Um, and now the demands on finance are so much more than they've ever been. Like you used to just have to tell everyone what they'd spent at the end of the month or like what their revenue was. Whereas now you need to tell them what it's going to be in a year um, and provide insights on things. Um, so it's just, I think it's really, yeah, I started off by saying that it hasn't changed the bones of what we do, but actually I guess it's just expanded them so much as well. Yeah, I guess it just increases the expectations on the team now too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. So what do you think um, has been the driving factors of change within the financial landscape um, that you think might be insightful for our listeners um, who are interested in pursuing a career in finance? In terms of like Brexit and things and the and COVID, that's what's changed the real financial landscape of like different industries, not just the jewellery industry or the retail industry. Like, as we saw in the last like couple of years, we've had to adapt and obviously the government and the base rate and interest rates and all these numbers and whatnot have had to adapt as well. And things like government grants have like, and it's really the, how we've responded as a business, because in terms of when the whole lockdown hit, like I know Ellie and Connie were obviously looking at um, just the numbers on terms of where we can look after costs, where thing, where we can, whether we're going to make revenue the following month. So, Simple things like this. So I think it's a difficult, um, it was a difficult time for people to come into the finance industry or just finance roles in general throughout the throughout any company, to be honest, because obviously recruitment slowed as a result of COVID as well. So I think jobs were few and far between at times. But now I think as we're moving out of that slowly, like finance roles are becoming more prevalent and uh, more easier to obtain. Yeah. Do you think the last few um, years have created any permanent change um, in the industry? I do. I think um, being reactive is definitely a lot more important than it used to be. It's always been important, but now it's just like you need to be able to change things at such short notice and have really robust plans behind them as well. So we've gone from a landscape in where you could rely on shops being open to now not being able to do that. Um, it's quite it's quite remarkable how different it is to how that was before. Um, so I think that's definitely a permanent change um, in just being able to pivot quite quickly. Just it it wasn't there to the same degree before, whereas now it's it's absolutely expected um, in any financial plan that you have to really robustly be able to say like what happens if fifty percent of your revenue suddenly disappears. Um, I think once you've once you've lived through it, it becomes incredibly important to actually have that built into everything that you do. And how have you navigated that, Ellie? Because that is really challenging. Heading up a finance team through the last two years that have just been so turbulent, to put it mildly, um, with so many fluctuations and unexpected costs. And how do you lead the company financially through that? How have you navigated those 
these last two years with all the uncertainty and all the learning that you've had to do on the job through that? Yes, uh, it's been interesting. Um, So a few different things, I guess, staying as informed as you possibly can is so important. So just to try to mitigate that uncertainty as much as possible, just try to find out as much as you can about um, like what's going on, what could happen, what could the reaction to that happening could be. So just always have scenarios in your head that you're constantly updating for what the latest information and data is. Um, so watching the news has been very important. <laughs> um, also just communicating with everyone in the business. Um, so just making sure you've got your finger on the pulse of, I guess, kind of in the same vein as staying up to date with like current events outside of the business, staying up to date with what's going on within the business as well, so that, you know, um, like what can be paused, what, what people's plans are and how they might need to be changed. Um, like in light of new information um, and just making sure that those any changes that do need to be made can be communicated quickly and easily. Um, communication has been the most important thing of the whole pandemic, I think, just staying in touch with what everyone in the business is doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, navigating change is definitely a skill that we've learned, isn't it, over the last couple of years? Yeah, constant change. I think it's really helpful working for a small business as well, because like I feel like you develop this attitude that you just need to make peace with the fact that things will change. They will often often change at short notice, um, and that's just part of your role and like how things are. Easier to make decisions as well, isn't it? It's easier to make very quick decisions in small businesses. Yeah, um, when you don't have loads of layers as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's exactly what Ellie touched upon. I think it's just having that flexibility and a really open mind. I don't think um, having any fixed thoughts in your head on how the next few months are going to go are too beneficial. I think you just literally have to react as we have been. And I think that one point Ellie spoke about earlier was that because we've already been through it, I think it now we're kind of prepared. We know our contingency plans. We know uh, where we're going to go, what the uh, repercussions of things could be. So I think we're we're definitely more adaptable now than we were a couple of years ago. But yeah, it's just really trying to be proactive and reactive at the same time. To be honest, to make sure that we're we're ready for uh, any situation that comes our way. So here at Astronomy, our finance team are mostly female. Um, we have Amit as our only male, and actually one of a handful of males in the entire business. Have you seen more interest in finance roles um, occupied by women? And what do you think is shifting this narrative in the industry that's been historically and still is actually a very male dominated industry? So I'd say first off, I guess retail is female dominated generally. um, So that probably has some impact. Um, But having said that, I do think that finance within small businesses, especially is such a good place for women to shine so it's a good place for anyone to shine but because they're like unconscious biases at place um sorry unconscious biases at work um I think finance within a small business is a good place for anyone who's genuinely talented and capable to shine just because there's nowhere to hide um so having never worked in a corporate environment this is based on some assumptions so Amit you can tell me if I'm um wrong but I I imagine that quite a lot of it is sometimes about who you know or like who shouts the loudest whereas I think in small business land it's a bit more about 
like if you can't do a good job it's immediately obvious um and I think that benefits women because there isn't then that unconscious bias um, or it's harder to apply that unconscious bias um I also think in companies where the focus is a bit more on kind of caring about people and the environment again it just offers women more of a chance to shine um like we're socialized to find those things more important so hopefully our contributions should be recognized more yeah definitely I, I completely agree and it to be honest it's as simply as the people that we've interviewed out of all of them that the women have been the best candidates to really recruit so yeah i mean i think ellie's completely right in terms of like the corporate side of the company sometimes it is very much who shouts the loudest which isn't exactly the healthiest way to go because the people who may be more analytic analytically savvy or better at numbers or better with uh strategic thinking may be the quieter people and they don't get their voice heard so yeah i think it's spot on that um at smaller businesses you aren't just a number and that your contribution is can be seen every day so i think that's a a massive part of it yeah i think um for me kind of speaking to kind of my peers at university um when i spoke to guys it was kind of more they were very money driven i mean as we all are but mine was for me it was more so what am i going to enjoy doing um what am i going to kind of come home and kind of i'll be happy and not stressed about work that kind of situation. Um, so I think for them, it might be more of, I think that corporate environments, the big accounting firms, they offer kind of a more clear structure of where you're going to be and how fast you're going to move through the company. Um, whereas I think women are more focused on, as you mentioned, um, kind of within retail, there's all sorts of areas to go into, thinking sustainably, being eco-friendly, um, and obviously particularly wearing jewellery. So yeah, I think for me, that's kind of what I've seen over the years. I think also we, as a business, we focus on, I certainly saw that in my interview with Ellie and Connie anyway, was that if you work hard and contribute to the business, you will get rewarded. So even though yeah, in these corporate firms, yeah, there is uh, financial progression, um, hierarchical progression, things like this. If you work hard in this business, you will get recognized. And I think that's a massive reason why I came here as well because everyone wants to progress I don't think anyone's just happy where they are that everyone everyone has ambition to an extent but I think that if you know that if you work hard results will come your way I think that's a massive part of this business I feel like something universities could work on um particularly through my three years it was drilled into us kind of every year about you know the top accounting firms what they've got going on how you can get into them and that was kind of the only option. We'd have talks from all these firms and kind of no one else. Um, so people who didn't really look outwards from that didn't know about anything else. Um, so I can say kind of myself for a period of time, I even thought that's where I was headed because that was kind of the path that they kind of put you on. Um, so I can kind of see why a lot of people head that way. And how important is company culture to, to you? Yeah, I think for me, I would say that's probably right at the top. Um, I've had previous corporate experience and although kind of it's a good role, you could pay, things like that. Something for me is just like being able to work collaboratively with seniors as well as juniors. Um, 
which I've been able to do here really well. And for me, that was one of the key reasons why I kind of applied here and accepted the offer. Um, just being able to kind of develop yourself and not just abiding by all these rules and kind of staying in one lane, for example, it allows you to kind of explore different areas and yeah, just kind of network really well. So yeah, for me, that was kind of the top thing when I was applying for jobs. Yeah. So for me, I, I mean, how much of your time do you spend at work versus like living the rest of your life? So culture could not be more important for me. Um, and I think something that we do incredibly well at Ashton is have a real focus on kindness, which just makes such a difference to your day to day. Um, I think I've also worked in cultures where there's been quite a strong culture of blame, which is just not a nice way to live. Um, but at Ashton I think everyone, it's in every communication, almost the like the focus is on being kind to each other. And that doesn't mean that we don't hold each other accountable. It doesn't mean that we're not concentrated on results. It just means that we can recognize each other as humans and individuals whilst we work together. Um, and I personally hugely appreciate that. And I like, it's why I love coming to work and it's why I love working for Ashton and me. So Ellie, you've built such an incredible finance team um, and have done such a good job at balancing obviously, the skills and the experience you need with finding those people that will thrive and flourish in our culture how how do you go about balancing that I love this question um because culture fit is so important um I feel like finance skills are actually quite easy to recruit for especially actually at all levels so fairly junior levels I think what you're trying to spot is a sense of curiosity at least that's what I want in my team so for Parisha's interview for example we'd be providing some invoices or something and there would just be something on each one that would naturally invite further questions if you were that way inclined. Um, so at that, at that level where it's difficult to hire for proven skills, instead you're looking for a kind of natural capability. Um, and then once you get a bit higher up, it's super easy because people can either do it or they can't do it. But again, I always try and include that kind of little detail that if someone is going to be like curious and um able to investigate things for themselves like they will come and ask that question or they will have googled it or something um so in addition to skills like personality is absolutely essential finance can definitely be um a bit dry sometimes um so i think we've got a really good mix of people on how on our team um so everyone's really different but everyone's such a great character and it just makes it such a joy to come to work and spend time with them all um and it's I I didn't early on in my career I I never really aspired to be a manager it wasn't something that I actively went after um but it's been such an incredible experience especially being able to build a team completely from scratch um and really hire for like exactly what I was looking for it's been so rewarding and now to see what they can all do together um yeah, it's really special. I really, I'm really grateful to be able to have done that. Yeah, and I guess um, as we kind of talked about the amount of that you really need to learn how to um, thrive in uncertainty and change, and and with the amount of turbulence over the last couple of years, um, do you feel like you've started also recruiting or making sure to recruit for people that will be comfortable navigating constant change? Um, and are nimble and adaptable in that way. Yeah, I think so. I think um, 
I guess resilience is the skill that you're looking for there um to be able to be resilient in the face of almost constant change is so important for people to be able to do um and again I guess when people are more junior kind of hiring for that it's just about asking the right questions as to like situations and circumstances that they've faced now just moving on to some questions that have come in from our Astrid and you community um the first question is what is your typical day who would like to answer that one okay um yeah so I'm noticed especially working from home that I'm so much more productive in the morning like with not just my job but my life so in terms of like waking up and stuff I'm quite an early riser um so I like to get things that just annoyances out the way in the morning like a gym workout and things like that and getting any chores and stuff done like washing your clothes and things like that but um yeah I like to start my day early and just try and get as much done in the first like five to six hours of the day as possible so um and then obviously try and take a lunch break and I feel like working from home I've actually like copied a few people in the company where they actually just go for a walk like as simply as just getting outside and getting some fresh air I feel like working from home sometimes you can get quite a lot of cabin fever but um yeah definitely getting out and about at lunchtime and just refreshing yourself I think is a massive part so yeah that's really how I start the day I mean, going off what Amit said, I'm kind of the opposite. I'm quite a night owl. Um, I do my best work kind of in the evening. So kind of starting off kind of slow. Um, kind of mention what I do in terms of like wholesale, retail invoices. And then kind of working from home. I mean, I'm really eager to get into the office, so can't wait for that. Um, I just think being in the office, the sort of environment is just, it's not, it's unmatchable to be honest. Um particularly in what we do it's not very a lot of it is not a lot of collaborative work um so it's kind of nice to see everyone but yeah I mean for me day to day it's very different that's what I really enjoy um I'm someone who likes change a lot I can't have the same routine every day I will literally I'll get fed up so much I'll get so bored um so that's what I just I really appreciate about my job it's not the same thing every day there's obviously the same few kind of transactional kind of um, tasks that I have to do. But yeah, kind of a lot of reaching out to different teams. I work with social a lot, brand design, um, and then obviously brand marketing. Um, So yeah, kind of day-to-day is very different. The second question from our community is, what do you love most about your jobs? Um, Excel. (laughs) I love I'm the weirdo and I absolutely love Excel I could sit and do it yeah I could sit and do it for three days all different things talk to me about formulas happy girl I love that love that and that's why you're the head of finance (laughs) exactly I'm exactly the same I think it's literally so like satisfying when things balance on Excel and like (laughs) if you don't love Excel I just don't know what you do but it's literally so it's such a, I don't know, numbers balancing. I don't know about Parisha and Ellie, but I just, that's why I'm, that's why I carry on yeah, with this. It's like a puzzle that you get to do every day. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, it's also the fact that being the youngest member of the team, um, in kind of previous roles, I would, I would expect kind of like same, similar tasks every day, speak to your manager, you know, now and again, that's it. But I really enjoy how I can kind of reach out to, anybody in the team and also being able to kind of be the go-to person for 
retail and wholesale I've never really had that before um usually it's someone very senior so kind of the ability to take ownership for my area is something that I'm really proud of and I really enjoy um I don't have to often I don't have to go into go to anyone to kind of ask any questions or anything like that so yeah that's something I really appreciate about my role the third question is why did Ashton and Miu appeal to you over a typical finance job in a bank or accountancy firm where do I even start (laughs) (laughs) um I feel like there's something really special about working for a company that produces something that you actually like um I found it really difficult in tech to care about an app that I would never use and wasn't a tangible thing um so I really like being able to work where I a understand and like the product that we make and b it's like a tangible end result I love that um and um you get a great discount if you work in retail too which is a bonus yeah, to be fair, I completely agree. The amount of like popularity I've gained from my like girl mates and my mum and my sisters has been outrageous. So, I mean, I haven't personally benefited, but I have. So, yeah, all good. So it's all about the product allowance. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah. So, in when I finished university, I was actually meant to go and work for a bank. So, um, yeah, kind of what a change it's been. Um, but but like um, um, and Ellie of both mentioned, jewelry obsessed. Um, as soon as I saw this um, ad come on LinkedIn, I mean I've heard of Astra Me before. You see all the influencers kind of on Instagram, all of them wearing it, and I knew that kind of it's somewhere I wanted to work. So yeah, such a great company. The culture, the product, just everything's just amazing. I think you get to work with more um, like a different kind of person as well. It's definitely a different kind of person that's going to work for Ashton and you as opposed to working in a bank. Um, personally, I think they're probably more interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think as well. Um, previously working in accounting firms, everybody is kind of within finance. They have, well, there everybody's different. They have sort of similar traits. Whereas in Ashton and me, obviously we have tons of different teams, tons of different personalities, tons of different backgrounds. So it's just great to kind of mesh with all the different people. Yeah, absolutely. We've got such a unique culture. Um, Moving on to some New Year's questions. Do you believe in New Year's resolutions? And do you have any this year? I don't actually believe in New Year's resolutions because I'm not very good at keeping them. So that's why I don't believe them. But I have got some, a couple of rogue ones that I've put in this year because instead of like the usual stuff. But so my aim this this year is to watch one new movie every week. So I'm a bit of a like person who likes to watch good films again. So I was like, come on, like get out of that habit. So I'm going to try and watch one new movie every week and read one new book a month. So I'll let you know how it goes, but that is my aim to try and keep it as simple as possible this year. Wow. Nice. Let us know if you have any recommendations. I will do. will do. Yeah. I mean, same again. Um, I'm not really into resolutions recently I feel like I've always put a lot of pressure on myself to kind of on January the 1st you know this is what you have to do follow them strictly otherwise you know you're not going to do well this year but I think my thing's sort of been if I've wanted to change something whether that's being healthier going for walks or mindset or just spending time with family etc I think I kind of think how can I start this tomorrow how can I start this 
in a couple of days. Um, why do I have to wait to the new year? Um, the new year, you know, I might be unwell. I might not have a good day. It's just a lot of pressure. Um, but yeah, I think overall just being happier, healthier, both mentally and physically is just a key one of mine every year. Oh, I love New Year's resolutions. I feel like it's such a good time to just sort of take stock of all of the silly things or like things that you just didn't get around to last year and then like bully yourself over it for a month. Um, but my New Year's resolutions, I'm going to actually try and um, bake my own bread because I feel like I was too busy in lockdown one when everyone else was on like their sourdough starters um so yeah I'm gonna give that a go I'm gonna try and make my own bread once I'll just do it once I can send you a recipe yeah yeah yeah, yeah. send me a recipe I love that Felicia's <laughs> our queen baker <laughs> so how will you make sure in the next year um that you will continue to grow um and learn and develop in your roles um so as I mentioned earlier I'm keen advocate for change advocate for change um I can't do the same day to day so for me, it's more so whenever I'm feeling very comfortable in all aspects of my life, very happy, content, I think it's challenging me. I mean, that's when I know when I've got to start changing things up, whether that's kind of taking up new skills, talking to new people, um, getting into new sort of parts of work, just anything like that. For me, it's just kind of when I have that happiness, that comfortability, um, nothing's going to go wrong. That's kind of when I know to start speeding things up yeah I think for self-development as well I think sometimes especially at the start of a new year people have these like big goals but it's quite difficult to then see the process to get there so I think it's like when you break it down and try and do small steps every day and just try and create a bit of consistency I think that's one of the tips that I'd say to really like try and hit small goals every day rather than just see the large goal and think okay I'll try and contribute like that try and contribute like that I think it's like just having little daily goals, even like a, like I started writing down like an itinerary every day for like uh, each hour. And even if I miss one here or there, it's still my efficiency level has gone up massively. So it's like a, just small steps every day. Don't put too much pressure on yourself as well. It's just taking small steps and then also look back each week at the end of each week, how you've done rather than looking back every six months and say, okay, how's this been? Because then you can really try, if something's going wrong, you can kind of alter your behavior a little bit quicker so I think yeah that's a little tip yeah that's so true how much time do you do you feel like you spend reflecting um and using those reflections as a source of learning and growth I think probably once a week is pretty good because like we said we are all busy during the week and it's quite difficult to do like a daily thing but especially if you write like for the week write out what you want to accomplish whether it's not just in your job but also like little things like in your life in um in your day-to-day so and then looking back on those maybe each Sunday night and then creating a new set for the next week I think like after a while after a couple of months you'll see it you'll find yourself uh looking back at when you first started and you can really kind of analyze your progression there and you'll see big steps that you've made but in your mind it's just small steps that you've taken yeah I think um a lot of us doing a lot of reflecting at the moment particularly with COVID um a lot of us are realizing maybe we're not where we want to be. Um, we're not like who we want to be with or doing hobbies, anything like that. Um, it's all very different. Um, I mean, like Amit said, like taking it day by day, I've realized to just appreciate the little things in life. And maybe there's kind of a goal you have, um, instead of kind of 
hoping that sort of in five years I'm going to get there. There's sort of little steps you can take, uh, being a bit proactive about it. Um, that's really helped me to be honest. Um, cause I'm quite an overthinker. So yeah, just reflecting on how I can kind of get myself to where I want to be, but also appreciating that we're always thinking about what the next step is. I was thinking about, um, sort of when you finish school, when you uh, are going to go to university, graduate, you're always thinking about the next step. But then when you get to the next step, you know, kind of enjoy where you are. So I've just learned to do that a lot more um, and just enjoy the present and think about the future a little bit less. Yeah, I have to say, I don't, I just think about this. I don't think I've ever set myself like a big goal ever. Um, I always just think about things in terms of smaller goals that are coming up relatively soon and just kind of trust the process um I feel like big goals intimidate me quite a lot I mean I guess you have like a vague idea of where you're going to go but I think just trust that you'll as long as you're growing in small increments you'll get where you're meant to be Ellie how do you go about setting those goals for yourself how do you get inspired to set them I think I think about what I I guess I think about like what I want to be better at or like, um, oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, often it's just because I've read an article or something and it's um, it's like, oh, you should have this skill. And then I'll think of small ways to um, <laughs> like kind of slowly get myself there as opposed to going like, oh, I'm going to be amazing at this thing. Um, just go, oh, what's one thing I could do today that would get me a tiny bit closer to that? And one final question. Um, what takeaway advice would you give to any students graduating in a finance um, degree this year? I kind of have sort of three parts to that answer because um, obviously I've recently been through that. So first thing I'd say is kind of take every opportunity, um, even if you know it's not 100% what you want to do or you're 1% interested in it, I would just say go for it. <clears throat> I've had experiences where like, for example, I went to an investment banking seminar when I was like 16. I was like, don't really want to do it, but let's see how it is. And it kind of made me realize this is definitely what I don't want to do. So I definitely say doing that. Um, second thing I'd say is with job applications, um, obviously during COVID, I made tons and tons. But something that I kind of realized was if there was a role that really suited to you, um, kind of go all in for it, um, make your CV cover letter, like top of the range, do what you can kind of do the most. Like for example, I'm not even sure if Ellie saw it, but, um, as soon as I saw Astro me, I knew like jewelry finance. I love this. So as soon as I submitted my application straight away, I sent her a message on LinkedIn saying that I've applied. Um, even if she saw it or not, I just knew that if my name would pop up, you know, you'd see it in emails and then hopefully I would hear back. And then kind of the final thing would be don't kind of go for a role just because that's sort of the path you've been told. Um, as I've mentioned at university account, the big accounting firms was kind of the only pathway. Um, and obviously I myself have been in that in my gap year. But there's so much out there. There's so many roles that you never would have even heard of. So just kind of research, have a look. Um, the role that you want, you know, it will definitely exist. And even roles that you don't know would exist, they probably do at some point. So 
You will get there at some point. Um, I just don't think you should compromise. I love that to end it. Don't compromise and follow what you enjoy. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. Thanks, Thank, Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Astrid and Me you podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. To learn more about us, go to our website and you can follow at Astrid and Me on Instagram. Thank you.